Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you for another week of ministry. This week, we're going to talk about deliverance from sin consciousness. Father, in the name of Jesus, cause me to impart, Lord, the word of the Lord, the wisdom of God, to bring shalom, Lord, to my brothers and sisters, peace, peace to their inner man, that they may be able to operate in great faith. Cause my words to edify and to bless. Cause me to be a blessing. I am a blessing. Speak to me, Lord, and cause me to speak by revelation in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's go to Leviticus, 17th chapter and at verse 11. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that make it an atonement for the soul. Hallelujah. Well, the reason I'm talking about this, you know, when I first got born again, I was beat up with guilt. You know, because I started reading the Old Testament and I saw all those rules and regulations. You couldn't eat this and you had to keep this day and keep that day. And I didn't know that it was a difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. I flat I didn't know. But, you know, if you're seeking God and you keep reading, you keep reading, eventually God will straighten you up. And because I was reading the Old Testament, when I, I just got the Bible and I started reading the whole Bible. I just wanted to follow God fully. I wanted to do whatever he say. You know, I had started practicing the dietary laws, and I learned later that I didn't have to. I was just trying to do whatever he say, and I would weep sometimes because I knew that I wasn't coming up to what the word said I was supposed to do, particularly because I didn't have a revelation of the new covenant. Hallelujah. But as I kept studying and reading and listening you know, I, uh, I was in religiosity, listening to religion at first, and then I kept seeking and listening, and I, uh, hearing from God, and I, I learned the true revelation. God was merciful to me. Well, even me and today, some people, not all about it, uh, not everyone, it depends on how you was brought up, how you was raised, what kind of ministry you set under. But a lot of people who are born again question whether they are born again. A lot of people who have eternal life, they question whether they have eternal life. And when your conscience is beat up, you really can't operate in faith. You have to know you're righteous to be able to have faith. You have to know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if you don't know that, you can't operate in faith because when you get ready to pray, your conscience is going to hinder your faith because it's going to tell you that you're not righteous and God is not going to hear you. Well, I want to clear that up. You know, I want to let you know that you are righteous, and I want to just prove it to you by the word. Let me read Leviticus 17 11 one more time. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that make it an atonement for the soul. 
Now, under the new covenant, it is the blood of Jesus Christ, the atonement. I looked that word up, and I can't remember the definition verbatim, but in my own words, it is a payment for, for the sins you have done. The wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life. It might be one out there, they might ask, well, Brother brother Derek, what is the difference between being a Muslim and being a Christian or being a Buddhist? I'm glad you asked. <clears throat> Even in Islam, they, they, um, they take the blood of, of bulls and goats, and they take it to Mecca or whatever their temple is, and they offer those bulls and goats for an atonement for sin. Even they know life is in the blood. Even people that practice witchcraft, they sacrifice animals. They might get a cat or whatever, and they kill that animal to sacrifice unto their god, the devil. Every religious order knows that the way that the, that the life is in the blood, and they make an atonement uh, to their whoever they're worshiping by blood. We the same way, except that our atonement is the blood of the Lord Jesus who is higher than bulls and goats. See, humans are on a higher level than an animal, as you know. You're smarter than a cat and a dog and a roly-poly and a mosquito. You have dominion over these things. Men train dolphins and stuff. So if a person that lived a sin-free life died for your sins and it's an eternal salvation, I'm going to show you all that as the week progressive, progress. Um, that means that that blood is constantly on the altar. And if that blood is constantly on the altar, that means that you are sin free. And see, when a person realizes that they are sin free, then they can have this confession that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to say that confession, whether you understand it or not. I want you to say this confession right now, and I want you to say it all today, maybe 50 times a day. Yes, do it. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then an hour later, uh, just off and on all day, say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you want to know what that is, that's in uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and around the 21st verse in that neighborhood. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 is in that neighborhood. Say it one more time. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it one more time. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, because <clears throat> Jesus has offered his body as a sacrifice, and you don't have to offer a sacrifice anymore, I want you to throw your hands in the air like David, like the revelation of David. I started to preach on that, the revelation of David's revelation. God's been dealing with me about a lot of little different messages. But David had a revelation that God, you know, in a coming uh, time where he knew it then that he didn't have a desire for the blood of bulls and goats. He was prophesying about Jesus in the Psalms, uh, the 18th chapter of Psalm, I believe, the 27th, 22nd chapter, all through Psalms. You know, in Hebrews, Jesus said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written about me. But Dave was prophesying, and he was speaking by revelation, that a time was coming, and David considered the time then, because he had a revelation of grace out of season, and I might expound on that. But he said 
he knew that the God that God didn't desire the blood of bulls and goats, so he said, I offer your sacrifice of praise. See, because Jesus has already offered the sacrifice of his body, you don't have to offer blood sacrifice anymore. The sacrifice has already been killed. And it's not a daily sacrifice. It's not a yearly sacrifice like they did under the old covenant. No, the blood of Jesus Christ is constantly on the altar. Now what you do is you say out of your mouth, hit the times today, 100 times, however many times you can get it in your spirit. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Then you offer a sacrifice. But this type of sacrifice is going to be a sacrifice of praise. You throw your hands in there and say, Lord Jesus, I praise you. Oh, Father Elohim, I praise you. I praise you, Father. I praise you, Jehovah. Oh, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you, Lord Jesus. I praise you, Jehovah. I offer this evening sacrifice by praising you. I say praises be to the Most High God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. You know, you give him a morning sacrifice. You wake up in the morning. Lord, I offer this sacrifice of praise and a sacrifice of thanksgiving. I thank you for my home. I thank you for my vehicles. I thank you for my wife and children. I thank you for my job. I thank you for allowing me to breathe, for allowing me to hear and see. You offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. You offer a sacrifice of praise, glory. And then you confess that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How were you made righteous? You were made righteous by the blood. The blood of Jesus has made you righteous. And when you keep confessing that, you're going to drive out that sin consciousness. But see, because your righteousness is by the blood, you're sin free because your sin has been paid for. That was make you righteous. The payment has been remitted. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you uh, once again to sow seeds of faith into your spirit, man, to bring shalom. You know, the, um, the assignment this week is to bring peace to your inner man. Glory. By showing you by sound doctrine that you are righteous. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I decree over you a revelation of righteousness, a revelation of faith, a revelation of love, a revelation of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. I bless you. I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened concerning your covenant, glory, and the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. Well, let's go to Leviticus, the first chapter. And let's start at the first verse. And the Lord called unto Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd, and of the flock. <clears throat> if his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering. And it shall be accepted. Somebody say accepted. I heard I heard a preacher say that. Somebody say this and somebody somebody say that your offering is going to be accepted. It says he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering. 
How many want to put their hand on Jesus? How many want to touch the hem of his garment? See, you're going to put your hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Watch this at verse 5. And he shall kill the bullock before the Lord. And the priest, Aaron's sons, shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood round about upon the altar, that is, by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, under the old covenant, and we're not under the old covenant, we're under the new covenant. The word covenant means to cut. In other words, blood got to be shed, and it's an agreement. So how many heard of the will and testament? You know, in Hebrews, it talks about Jesus is the surety of the New Testament. He is the high priest. When he was on earth, he came as a lamb. But in the heavenly realm, he is a high priest out of the order of Melchizedek. What is the order of Melchizedek? You'll learn about that in the seventh chapter of Hebrews. Melchizedek was a priest that was during the time of Abraham. This particular priest, Melchizedek, he didn't have a beginning of life, and he didn't have an end of days. He was without a mother, and he was without a father. Now, you just take a look and guess who that is. It's only one person who don't have a beginning of days. It's only one person who don't have an end of life. It's only one person who don't have a mother or a father. Read the seventh chapter of Hebrews if you think I'm trying to play with you. This this who Melchizedek was. He didn't have a mother or a father. He didn't have a beginning of days or end of life. And it says Jesus is out of that same order. Well, if Jesus is out of that same order, that, that means he don't have a mother or father, a beginning of days or end of life. Am I correct? The word of God teaches that the Lamb of God, who is Jesus Christ, he was slain before the foundation of the world, which leads me to believe Melchizedek was a pre-incarnation of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, the Old Testament is a shadow or type of the new. So it talks about in the book of Hebrews that Jesus, man out of the order, Melchizedek. Well, but in, when he came to the earth realm, he came through a mother, see, a virgin birth, why? Because he was a lamb. He had to be perfect. And if he would have came through humans, he would have been under the curse because all men had sinned. But Jesus, God being his father, or God in the flesh, Emmanuel, hallelujah, Christ with us, the hope of glory, which is Jesus, he was a sin-free man. He had God's blood on the inside of us. His DNA was uncontaminated, and he came to the earth to be the lamb, not a lamb of a lower level of, of, of consciousness of a bull and of a goat. No, 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 no. He was a lamb made out of the similitude of men sent to the earth to pay the divine penalty. He was the lamb that you put your hands on. He was the bullock that you put your hands on, that when you lay your hands upon this lamb, you know, if you read Leviticus, and I don't encourage you to read it, because if you read it without revelation, you know your eyes will get blinded. That's what Paul was talking about in the third chapter of 2 Corinthians. 
So you have to have a revelation before you read the Old Testament. You have to have a, a, a spiritual anointing on you to, to be able to, to separate the old from the new or you'll get messed up. But the old is a type. Now, the point I want to make is sin is purged by blood. You know, for you to live, some had to die. What did you eat today? Some might say I'm a vegetarian. Do, do you know that those that lettuce had to die? It had to be separated from its life source. Those cereal, the collard greens, the grain, whatever you're eating, it had to be separated from its life source. Did you know that? Some people say, well, I don't want to kill an animal <clears throat> because I'm a vegetarian. Well, you're killing the vegetables. They're alive, too. They just don't say, boo, they still alive. Well, for you to live, some had to die. If you ate some bacon, a hog had to die. If you ate some collard greens, that leaf had to die. For you to live, some had to die. Well, the same work in the spirit realm. For your sins to be forgiven, something had to die. Under the old covenant, they had to kill a lamb, and you put your hands upon that lamb and train all the bullock. You know, it was different offering. One one place they had to offer a lamb, they had to offer both. They had to offer a bullock and a, and a lamb. See what I'm saying? They had to offer both of them. So, your sins are transferred to the innocent one, and you become righteous. Now, suppose a person say, well, I won't do that. I ain't got time to do that. I don't want to receive this lamb. I don't, I don't want to lay my hand on that lamb and transfer my sin to the lamb. Well, that person going to be in iniquity, and when he's judged, he's going to go to the lake of fire. But if the person say, well, I received this lamb, and I lay my hand on the lamb and my sins are transferred to the lamb. You know that person is called holy? See, this is what people miss it. This is why they have a sin consciousness. They think holiness is an observing carnal things. Now, see, that's why the that's why the Old Testament couldn't work. Because the Old Testament law was based off observing carnal things. Don't eat this and don't do this and observe this and observe that, which prompted Paul to write. In, in our Colossians, he say, why are you subject to ordinance? Taste not, touch not, handle not. He said, why are you subject to that? See, under the New Testament, you're not subject to the ordinance of the Old Testament. Now, what men has done, men have, have created their own rules and regulations. I'm going to use an example. Suppose I say everybody got to wear a shoe called Johnson. If the name of the shoes is not Johnson, you in you you in sin. And when you come to church, I look at what kind of shoes you got on. And if the shoes don't say Johnson, I say you in sin. Suppose you grew up under that type of teaching from a childhood. You will begin to think righteousness is based off your shoes being called Johnson. I want to say some other things, but I don't the Holy Spirit don't want me to say it. Well, it's the same thing. If you've been taught from a childhood that your holiness is based off anything other than the blood sacrifice, that's why you have a sin consciousness. You're trying to be holy based off your own works, whether you do everything perfect or not. And that's what causes you to miss it because you're trying not to miss it by your own self-effort. But see, righteousness is by the blood of Jesus. Glory, I had a lot to say, but I'm out of time. I want you to say, though, today, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say that about 20, 30, 40, 50 times today. 
till it gets into your heart. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. We're talking about deliverance from sin consciousness. Oh, Father, bring revelation. Bring truth. Bring peace. For the chastisement of your peace, of our peace, is upon Jesus. And by his stripes we were healed. And if we were healed, we are healed. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do. Cause me to speak by revelation. Cause me to bless, Lord, to be a blessing, Lord Jesus, to impart, Lord, shalom to my brothers and sisters. I ask you to do these things, Father, in the name of Jesus. For the word that I speak, they will not return unto you, Lord, but they will accomplish what you sent it out to do. How many know no word from God is void of power? You know, this word was inspired. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, by holy men as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. But these holy men was made holy by the blood. They wasn't holy like you think. See, a lot of people think, well, uh, if they don't watch the ball game, they holy. And this man told me one time, it was I was under the tent, and uh, I just went under the tent to pray on my off day. They was having morning and evening service. And this guy wanted to befriend me. I didn't ask him to teach me any doctrine, but uh, he came. He wanted to tell me how he was delivered from watching sports. And I was thinking to myself, well, what is he talking about? I hadn't read in the Bible that you can't watch the ball game. But see, somebody taught him that. And it wasn't even in the Bible, but he let somebody tell him that it was a sin to watch sports. So he was delivered from something that wasn't a sin. See, that's religiosity. That's religion. And he wanted me. He kept, I guess he can discern that I like the game, that, you know, the devil was showing him that I like to watch the game. So he wanted me to be delivered from watching the game. But see, the Bible don't say you may hold it by whether you watch the game or not. How many understand that? Others be like, well, they make this because they watching the Alabama game. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with watching the Alabama game. You know, I never read where you was made holy by not watching the Alabama game. Well, some people got a rule where if you got to uh, shave your face if you're holy, men don't wear facial hair, so you're holy. Well, I never read in the Bible where your holiness was based off you not wearing facial hair. Some people wear, say, well, you, if a woman wears some pants, she's not holy, or some earrings in there. Well, the Bible don't teach that. The Bible teaches that the blood of Jesus is what purges sin. The Bible never said those other things was a sin. But, you know, men has taught people that which has brought a sin consciousness upon the people. And when people keep preaching that to people, especially when they're young and ingrained, ingrained these type things into their personality, oh, man, you become a curse to people. You have ingrained religiosity into people's personality, which hinders their faith. Now you got people that's grown and didn't grow up with that. Those are the people you see operate in a lot of faith. They get people out of wheelchairs and all that because they don't have a sin consciousness. Now you can see people who grew up in that and practice that, who automatically do that because they was taught that way. They can operate in a high level of faith but it's not because they're not wearing this or not doing this, and they don't have anything to do with it. It's just that they're not seeing conscious. How many understand what I'm talking about? 
So when you read the Old Testament, when they say you can't work on the Sabbath and all, you read all that stuff and start trying to practice that stuff, you'll develop a sin consciousness. If you get around people that preach legalism, their own doctrine, teaching for commandments, the traditions and doctrines of men, you sit under that mess for 20 years, boy, you'll be a religious fruitcake full of sin consciousness. You know, they, uh, marriages never work. Most of them in, in being that. They constantly are under attack by some because they're under religiosity. They're under a pharisaical spirit and don't know it. And they think they're right because they've been told that all their life, even though it's not in the Word. Well, what God is trying to do, he's trying to bring peace to you today. He's trying to show you that that's religion. That's religiosity. See, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 it reads as follows. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. How do you become a new creature? By keeping traditions and doctrines of men? By keeping the Old Testament, not eating pork, not eating shellfish, not working on the Sabbath, all of this stuff, uh, not uh, shaving your hair, not wearing a wedding band, and all this religiosity, taking your shoes off before you walk into church and all this. No, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. What 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 you trying to say, Brother King? I'm trying to say you ain't got to do none of that stuff. That's what I'm plainly saying. You ain't got to do none of that stuff. All that stuff is religion. And what, what religiosity does is it brings a sin consciousness on you, and it takes away your freedom. Hallelujah. God want to set somebody free today. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. See, when Jesus shed the blood, he shed the blood for all of your sins, past, present, and future. Why do I say future? Because when you was under the old covenant, the, the, the offering of the blood was continual. They had to offer a sin offering every day. People had to bring offering for sin all the time. The priest had to make an offer. Even the one who was doing the thing, you had the priest and you had the high priest who went into the Holy of Holies. Even the high priest wasn't holy of himself. He had to carry blood in there or he'll die. So holiness is not by man's works. Holiness is by the blood of Jesus. It's by you receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you need to purge your consciousness of dead works to serve the living God. You need to get all that carnal stuff out of your conscience, trying to perfect the flesh. No, Jesus said the blood, the blood is the atonement for men's sins. Under the new covenant, he gave you two commandments. The love of the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Under the new covenant, it is the covenant of faith. It's the covenant of love. It says without faith, it is impossible to please God. You want to please God? Operate in faith. You know what faith really is? Faith is not praying for the possible. Faith is believing for the impossible. It's believing that the impossible is possible. It ain't faith. People say, well, well, God ain't make you stupid. I, I overheard a conversation at, 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 uh, at this pharmacy. And they was talking about the diabetes. Two ladies were talking. One lady said, Hugs acting up, and the other one said hugs were real bad, and they were going on and on what to do. 
And one lady just said, you know what you really got to do? You really just got to pray. And the other one recalled at that. She's like, well, I don't know about that. Said, well, I know God gave you sense and this and that and other. Well, see, that ain't faith. Faith is saying, you know what? I'm healed of this diabetes. It's believing the impossible. Anybody can have faith in taking the pill and make it go down. But most people can't have faith in believing that God can supernaturally make that thing go away by saying, I believe it's gone and standing, hold fast to that confession and watch that thing come into manifestation. I ain't saying not to take the medicine. What I'm saying is true faith is believing for something that you can't get unless God intervenes. And without that kind of faith, it's impossible to please God because he that coming to God must believe it that he is and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Well, we're back at, at 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing our trespasses unto them, and have given unto us the word of re reconciliation. God ain't committing your trespasses unto you and not shaving your face. That's not a trespass. Wearing pants is not a trespass. Glory. Now, walking in hatred is. Now, the, uh, now another verse that says, Now, then, we are an ambassador of Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Verse 21. For he have made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You are already made the righteousness of God in him, and it's not by rules and regulations. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm glad to be with you once again. We're talking about deliverance from sin consciousness. I bless you. I decree the blood of Jesus Christ upon you. I release God's favor and mercy upon you. And I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will be activated upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, you want me to tell you why I'm led by the spirit of God to release this message? Because the lack of faith problem is based off people not knowing that they're righteous. People not knowing that they're saved. You got people been in the Lord 20 years, don't know they're saved. They think if they make a mistake that they've lost their salvation. They don't understand that their salvation is not based off their own righteousness. You can never be righteous enough <clears throat> to be saved. I tell you, you can never be righteous enough to be saved. What you're saying is, I deserve heaven because I live a clean life. That's what you're saying. But see... That's not it. You you make heaven because Jesus paid for your sins. See, you could be living a clean life, and the thought of foolishness is sin. How many had a bad thought and hadn't even done nothing? The Bible says the thought of foolishness is sin, and those thoughts are projected to you by Satan. So you're saying, well, a person that thought about sin and a person doing sin can be in the same boat? That's exactly what I'm saying. So it has to be by grace through faith, not a works. 
is the gift of God, not a works, least any man should boast. If you were say, saying, oh, well, I was holy all day. I shaved my face. I don't wear any wedding bands. I hadn't missed church in 10 years. I fast twice a week. I'm not like this publican. If that was the case, you see what I'm saying? You wouldn't need Jesus. You could be Jesus because you don't need a Savior. And what you're saying is, well, if this brother here can make it to heaven, I know I'm going because I'm more holier than him. Well, people that think that way, if they ever make a mistake, they're going to be, and they will, they're going to be beat down with sin consciousness because they believe that their salvation is based off their works. And the Bible don't teach that. The Bible actually teaches the opposite. It teaches that they couldn't keep the law in the Old Testament. And also God, Jesus reproved the Pharisees for adding teaching for commandments, tradition and doctrine of men. Tradition and doctrine of men. Oh, you got to obey the pastor. And every, every family got to have $200 for this and that. All this kind of foolish stuff that people put burdens on people. They, 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 they strain at a net and they swallow a camel. Put grievous burdens on me that them themselves will not lift a finger to do. And see, this is religion telling men that their salvation is in them doing this and doing that, obeying them. doing what, You know, sometimes TP, right? you can't listen to nobody else. So you couldn't hear me preach this because it's going to tear down their witchcraft control over you. How many understand where I'm coming from? If you don't, you see it now. But in, in uh, Hebrews, the ninth chapter, and at the 11th verse, it says, But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. You see that word? You are eternally redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Brothers and sisters, I want you to say this. Say, I am the redeemed of the Lord. Say, I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Now say that one more time. Say, I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You have eternal redemption. You know, David had eternal redemption. You know, David was under the law, right? So those the blood of bulls and goats was so weak that the penalty for adultery was to be stoned to death. See, the blood of bulls and goats couldn't cover that sin. You had to be killed. You had to shed your own blood for that one. See, it took Jesus to come to meet the woman at the well to tell her, well, them that condemn you. Not the woman at the well, but the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery. Jesus met that woman that was caught in the very act of adultery. And they said, what you want us to do with under the law? It says stone her to death. Jesus rode on the ground. They left. She said, where are your accusers? She said, they gone. He said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Now, the blood of Jesus, which hadn't been shed yet, this lady had a revelation of grace out of season. David had a revelation of grace out of season. He slept with a man's wife, and he had the man killed. The prophet came to David, revealed to him what he did. David said that man should die. 
David repented of this thing. Well, before he repented, it was before he repented. The prophet said, you did this, but God is not going to kill you. But David repented after he, it came to his knowledge. Why? Because he had return, eternal redemption. His redemption was not based off of his being able to not sin. I know, I know people don't like that, but it's the truth. I have to tell you the truth. The Bible says sanctify them through truth. His word is true. David's salvation was based off the blood covenant he had with God out of season. He must have had this covenant with God before the foundation of the world because Jesus hadn't came yet. David was under law. One player said he went in the temple and ate shoe bread was only lawful for the priest to eat. Man, God was serious in those days. Somebody touched the Ark of the Covenant, they died. Aaron's sons lit the wrong fire, they died. Well, how did David have this kind of privilege? You know, you only get the privilege of what you have a revelation of. Now, if you want to stay on that lower level of revelation and, and live belief your privilege and mock the people who have a higher level of revelation, you go ahead. You want to laugh at the people who's not under rules and regulations, go ahead and laugh. You want to stay in bondage, stay in bondage. But David, it was other people who did what David did, got killed. But David didn't. Why? Because he was special now, because he had a revelation. God showed him that his holiness was based off the blood covenant. Now, while the blood, blood of bulls and goats didn't cover some people, it covered David. Why did it cover him and not cover the other people? It's because you only get what you have a revelation of. How many understand that? So if you think that you got to do this and do that, you do. If you think that you're saved by, by believing on Jesus Christ, you are. If you think you're saved by believing on him and not doing this, not doing that. Now, am I saying disobey the word? God plainly said, don't steal, don't kill. Other word, this, he didn't even say that. He said, love the Lord thy God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. He said, if you do that, you done fulfilled all the law and the prophets. So don't learn all of it. Don't learn the law. Don't learn it. Just practice on loving God and loving your neighbor. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to covet nothing that's your neighbor. You're not going to steal him. You're not going to kill him. See, he ain't never dealt with what you was wearing on your body or shaving your face and all, whatever this stuff people come up with. Now, I'm saying these things. I didn't want to say it, but I felt like I have to say it to get the point across. See, this word is teaching that uh, in Hebrews 9 and at verse 11, but Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a great and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bull and of goats and of the ashes of a heifer Sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. The Bible say that stuff even purified your flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. In other words, purge your conscience. Get sin out of your conscience and realize that the sacrifice has been made and I don't care what my conscience is saying. I am righteous. I am holy. I'm set apart to God. You got to say that over and over and over again. I'm righteous. I'm set apart to God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You got to keep saying that 
So that'll replace all that other stuff that had been spoken to your conscience. You only get it out by confession. Be blessed. Have a great day. Well, I hope you've been having a good week. We're talking about deliverance from sin consciousness. I want you to say this, brothers and sisters. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it one more time. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say this. Say, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I have eternal life. Say it one more time. Say, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I have eternal life. Glory. Say, the Lord Jesus Christ died for me, and I am sin free. Say it one more time. Say, the Lord Jesus Christ died for me, and I am sin free. Say, the blood of Jesus Christ is all I need, and I've been made righteous. Say it again. Say, the blood of Jesus Christ is all I need, and I have been made righteous. Say this. Say, the blood of Jesus Christ covers my sin and cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Say it one more time. Say, the blood of Jesus Christ, it covers my sins and cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Do you know your sins are covered by the blood of Jesus? Yes. Yes. Sins are purged by the blood. Sins are covered by the blood. If a person is in Christ, they are not a sinner. They've been made righteous. It's just the truth anyway. You got to purge your conscience. You got to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know the prayer of a righteous man is valid much? So if you don't know you're righteous, your prayers are valid little. But if you know you're righteous, your prayers are valid much. God gave the blood so that your prayers can avail much. He knew that you, you tried to pray based off your performance, you wouldn't be able to avail much because you'd be trying to do this and do that to be righteous. So he made it easy. See, he prepared a body and got in that body and died for your sins so that you would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now you got to keep confessing that you're righteous, keep decreeing that you're righteous. Remember that the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for your sins to make an atonement for your sins, not just the sins you did in the past, but when you might miss it. Because in Galatians, it said if a brother is overcoming a fault, it didn't even call it a sin. It said if a brother is overcoming a fault, them that are spiritual restore the brother in the spirit of meekness. You know, you could be out of fellowship, but not separated. Yeah, you can get, David got into little sins here and there where he numbered the people. He got out of fellowship with God. He messed with the man while he got out of fellowship with God. Had a man kid got out of fellowship with God, but he had eternal salvation. He didn't lose his salvation. He was just out of fellowship for a season. See, if 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 your conscience show you that something you've been doing, you know you need to say, Lord, I offer a sacrifice of praise, and I ask for that blood sacrifice and name that thing you've been doing that you know wrong. If you're doing wrong, it's in your heart. Because in the 8th chapter of Hebrews, God said he's going to write his laws on the table of your heart. You know if you've been criticizing so-and-so, that's wrong. You know if you've been fornicating, committing adultery, you know that's wrong. You know if you've been lying, stealing, and cheating, or refusing to go to work, you know that's wrong. Refusing to go to work to draw your little on and put, you know that's wrong. So if you've been doing them things, that don't mean you're not saved. That means you need to say, Lord, I don't want to practice iniquity. So that blood is upon me. I receive that blood sacrifice. 
And you said in your word that blood covers me and it cleanses me from all unrighteousness. And I want to be in back, back in fellowship with you. And you repent and get back in fellowship with God. And don't don't listen to all that religiosity stuff. Your sins are purged by blood. Hebrews the tenth chapter and at verse one. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of those of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. See those little sacrifices of blood and goats, it couldn't make you perfect. Why? For then would they not have ceased to be offered? That's a question. Because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. This means that God don't want you to have a sin consciousness. Having a sin consciousness makes you judgmental because you're trying to judge everybody because sin is constantly on your mind. Thinking about sin makes you sin. You know, God told Adam and Eve, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why did he say that? Because it's the knowledge of sin that makes you sin. You wouldn't have knew about pornography until you turned on Cinemax when you was a kid or the Playboy channel when you was a kid. You wouldn't have even knew about it. Everything bad you learn by seeing it, either on TV, either seeing your parents practice it, that was the knowledge of good and evil. God only didn't want them to eat from the tree of life. He didn't want them to eat from the knowledge of good and evil. You know, it becomes a sin to wear, wear those shoes when they tell you it's a sin. But before they told you that was a sin, it wasn't a sin. It come a sin to, to, to shave your face when they tell you it's a sin. But before the end, it wasn't a sin. How many understand that? Paul said, why are you subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, have not. It wasn't a sin not to wear a mask till they told you it was a sin to not wear a mask. Why are you subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, have not. That's what, that's what he said in Colossians. Well, see, men, <clears throat> first, they was under the, the law. They couldn't keep that. Then they went and made hundreds of more rules and regulations that they can't keep. And that's why you have a sin consciousness. That's why you're so judgmental of everybody. That's why you hate everybody because you're under condemnation. And your condemnation is because of what you've been taught. Now, if you will begin to confess the right things, you will begin to say it 100 times a day, 50 times a day. You will begin to counteract what Satan has ministered to your spirit for the first 30, 40, 20, 15 years of your life. You've been ministered religion. You've been re ministered religiosity and legalism and condemnation. You've been told how evil you are, not how good you are. I come to tell you how good you are, that you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. When you know you're good, you're going to act good. When you know you're righteous, you're going to act righteous. When you know you're a faith child of a faith God, you're going to act like a faith child of a faith God. I'm going to keep telling you that till you believe it. Jesus was trying to build the, the, the children of Israel up. Up, he's trying to build them up, telling them that you the head and not the tail, above on not beneath. But they had a sin consciousness. They had an inferiority complex. That's what I'm trying to get people delivered from by using confession, telling you that you're not inferior, that you are the head and not the tail. You're not poor. Hallelujah. You've been made rich. You're not sick. You've been made well. So a man thinking in his heart, so is he. Your conscience needs to be purged of sin. How many understand what I'm saying? We're delivering you today from a sin consciousness. Hebrews 10 and 10, it said, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering 
of the body of Jesus Christ once fall. You're sanctified. Say this, I am sanctified now. I am sanctified now. I am sanctified now by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Keep saying it till you believe it. Some of you don't believe it. That's why the devil fights you in your mind because you hadn't confessed the word enough to counteract that spirit that was imparted to you by, by the devil. I mean, you know, the devil using people to do it, but they were doing it ignorantly. How many understand what I'm saying? And, the, and every priest standing daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting until his enemies he made his footstool, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. How long are you perfected? Forever. Well, Derek, what if 10 years from now they commit adultery or they do this? The Bible say by one offering he hath perfected them forever. The only thing they got to do is receive that offering. They'll be out of fellowship with God, but you can easily get back in fellowship by that offering and stop practicing sin. You think God God can stop you from doing that? Because the blood ain't got weak all of a sudden. Drop down to verse 16. It said, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds, and I will write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. God will not remember it because you're, you're under that blood sacrifice. See, it's the blood sacrifice that purifies your flesh. Even the blood of bulls and goats did that. How much more the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. You've been made to rule and reign as a king and priest. And you know what? And when you begin to know these things, you won't even do that other stuff. See, it's you knowing that you're righteous will stop you from practicing sin. People practice sin because they don't know they've been made righteous. But I'm here to tell you all. Be blessed and have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Be blessed.